the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. Across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Wednesday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Dina Dow and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Hey, good Dina. morning. Good morning. Hey, Dina. <laughs> Welcome to the madhouse. I know. Honestly, it's already nuts. <laughs> it's good that we're all morning people, well, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Dina, you got a taste of pre-show this morning, and... Uh, it was a joy. Yeah, well, yeah. okay. Well, that's We're a nice all way to put hosts. it. Nice way to put it, Dina. Okay. It was a it's joy. A joy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Taking Johnny Aver's place today. He's a little under it. the weather, so we're going to keep our good friend in prayers. And um, mm-hmm. you're ready to start with prayer this yes, morning? Absolutely. Yes. This is a prayer shared by Pope Francis in 2015 in one of his general audiences. So we just ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts today and to be with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, make my heart open to the Word of God. Make my heart open to goodness. Make my heart open to the beauty of God every day. Oh, glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And later on, we're going to talk about uh, or hear about St. John Chrysostom. Chrysostom. Um, the golden mouth. Yeah. So church doctor, an uh, amazing story. Chrysostom. Yeah. I will yeah. practice. Beautiful. Chrysostom. Chrys- Chrys- Chrysostom. <laughs> I will practice that. Say that 20 times. So. I'm, yeah. Yes. yes. Chrysostom. <laughs> <laughs> we will learn more about our saint of the day later on in today's show, but we're looking forward to Dina's gospel reflection that's coming up at 7 after. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. He is the editor-in-chief of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today, Peter is going to be updating us of what you'll, on, what you'll go, you, on what you will be finding in this week's issue of the Clarion Herald. I'm still thinking of Chrysostom. Chrysostom. So <laughs> throw me <Yes>. off. <laughs> Dr. Tom Neal joins us in 35 minutes. He's the chief of evangelization and mission engagement of the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. It's always a wonderful conversation with Dr. Neal. And in 48 minutes, Jordan Haddad joins us with our Catholic 101 segment. We're going to continue on. He's a professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary and president of the St. Louis IX Art Society. And today's topic is going to be about the revelation of God through creation. So looking forward to today's show, looking forward to some wonderful guests today. And looking forward to seeing different things happening in our listening area because Dave and Dina 
our listeners have been sending us so many events to put on our website calendar and talk I about on Wake Up. Yeah. It is blowing up my it's inbox. Busy. Please continue to send me events. And you can do that for free by going to our website at ccmedia.live. Click on events and news and then click on submit your events. Uh, it's super easy. If you get lost, message us on Facebook or you can send us your event on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. We'll post it on our calendar. But there's a lot of stuff happening yeah, out there. Great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a I, lot I, of I was told yesterday I'm going to be getting an email from somebody who wants to promote an event. I told That's them there's good. another way, but hey, yeah, they yeah. want to send me. We're still going to get it on there. What's well, a great? This is what we do. Yes. It's a great avenue for yeah. people, a platform for people to be able to to find events yeah. and to participate. And there's so yes. much happening. There I is mean, a lot going you know, on through the DOS offices that we serve, and mm-hmm. then throughout all the parishes, mm-hmm. you know, locally. So it's wonderful. That's right. Yeah. Yes, and one of those is our Catholic Man Night Wednesday, yeah. November eighth. Go to ccmedia.live. We are halfway sold out. Mm-hmm. So don't wait. Get your reservations, guys. Mike Fulmer is our guest speaker. Wonderful time. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information. We have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break. It's 5 past the hour on Wake Up. Good morning. I'm Father Chris Decker. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 6. Raising his eyes toward his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven, for their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich! For you have received your consolation. But woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. Welcome back. Wow, the Beatitudes are really it's a challenging. Lot of woes. I know. Four <laughs> blessed and three woes today. Three woes? Okay. The blessed. <laughs> Four, the four blessed, four woes. Okay. Yeah, sorry. All right. It's an equal deal. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay. So do you remember where else we find the Beatitudes? What other gospel? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. you did put me on the spot. <laughs> no, Dina, I don't. <laughs> That's a Jeopardy question yeah, you can't yeah. grab. Yeah. yeah, well, the clock's ticking and I'm just so, standing there because the, I don't know. <laughs> in the gospel of Matthew, we hear okay. all the blesseds right, right. laid out. So St. Luke takes a different path mm. and lays these out. So I have my trusty little catechism oh, you right, do. from Ascension Catechism, yes. um, following Father um, Mike Schmitz with this. So paragraph six, 1716 onward to about 1729 okay. is a whole section on the Beatitudes. So I encourage our listeners that after they meditate on this passage to go to the catechism, okay. and then it illuminates it in a different way. So okay. the, cat, the Beatitudes are the heart of of Jesus's preaching, like mm-hmm. the core of his preaching. Mm-hmm. So we follow these as core teaching, and it gives us a path of vocation in life. So we hear the Beatitudes are like, happy are, blessed are, right, blessed right. are we. That's how they begin, yeah. But the happiness is a desire that we all have, right? We all, we all we want all to be want that. happy, sure. right? And there are things tangibly on this earth that could bring us to some sort of happiness. But at some point, it's non-sustaining, mm-hmm. right? So the happiness or the joy 
the blessedness that Jesus is talking about is is supernatural, mm-hmm. right? This is this is a, a participation in the divine life mm-hmm. of God, mm-hmm. right? right? So the happiness that comes from this path of discipleship is truly that for our Lord Jesus. So the Beatitudes respond to the natural desire for happiness, right? And so they reveal the goal of human existence, right? So it's mm-hmm. revealed. So why are we here? Right. And we're here because, well, to know, to love, love and, to and to serve, serve the Lord. Lord. I got that one right. Yes, okay, excellent. A plus Thank there. You. <laughs> David, Ding. you're just doing so good. So good. So yeah, God good put job. us in the world to know, to love, and to serve Him. Okay. Right? And so to come to paradise. Mm-hmm. So to come to paradise. So such a beatitude surpasses any type of happiness or joy that we can possibly find in this life. Mm-hmm. So our our happiness, our joy, our, our desire to be happy, deep-seated, is rooted in our Lord, right? Mm-hmm. In God, mm-hmm. right? right? So God choo- chooses us. So in 1723, the Beatitudes, we are promised, confronts us with these moral choices that we have to make in our lives, mm-hmm. right? So it's a confrontation. So when you look at today's gospel, it's fascinating because Jesus is talking about things that seem very contradictory to us, right? Mm-hmm. So, blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of heaven of God is yours, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, why do I want to be poor? I don't want to be poor. That would make me mm-hmm. unhappy. Right. Yes. So you're thinking in an economical mm-hmm. sense, right? Right, right? So, But there is a beauty in the poverty of being detached from materialism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that God's going to provide, but knowing what we have is enough. Mm-hmm. But it's enough, so we're detached from it. Right. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied, because we're always hungering for truth. We're always it's, searching for yes. truth. Yes, you can see that plain as day nowadays. Exactly. You know, yeah. There's this starvation yeah. going on right so now. So to hunger for that, too. exactly for that desire to be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, mm-hmm. for you will laugh. God, grief is real. Right? Yes, it's a indeed. very real thing, mm-hmm. and there are all levels of grief. You know, from decisions that people make that cause us to grieve, all the way to people that are passing before us, right, and everything yes. in between. Right. So, for one day you will laugh, right? So all of that is passing. But if we cleave our grief and our worries and our anxieties to the Lord, then one day we too, in trusting in Him, will laugh. One day, mm-hmm. we'll look back on it and go, you know, the Lord was with us that whole time. This one's good. Blessed are you when people hate you. Yeah, this this Exclude, one's the toughest, insult. right? This one. Who on earth wants yeah. that? Denounce right. your name. Yeah, leap for joy. Like rejoice. Leap Everybody for hates joy. Me. Yay! Yeah. I don't think so. But the, oh. our saint today, uh-huh. our saint today, experienced that. Uh-huh. Like Saint John Chrysostom, along uh-huh. Chrysostom, along with many, are persecuted for their mm-hmm. faith, laugh, right. insult. You mm-hmm. know, so. There are times when, you know, and the Holy Spirit fortifies us to be great witnesses for the Lord. You, 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 you can see this, us. you know, for instance, on the news or something like that. If someone stands up for their faith, they are destroyed. I know. You can see that. So, yeah. so you're absolutely right. I am happy for those people. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. for where stand they stand firm. with their faith. Yes. Yeah. In a, in mm-hmm. a humble way, right? Yes. Not in your face, but in a humble way. Right. But then St. Luke takes it and, and, and takes the Lord's message and says, But woe to you who are rich. Mm hmm. For you have received your consolation. So rich meaning that 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 
that that attachment, yes. right? You to have what you materialism, want, so right? you don't need God, right? Right. right. Not the material mm-hmm. goods are not necessary, yeah, right? Sure. But exclusively mm-hmm. speaking, like, are they detach? Are they attaching us to that mm-hmm. and detaching us from the Lord? So there's like there's a, there's a difference there, you know. So woe to you who are filled now, like satisfied. Mm-hmm. For you will be hungry, right? So are we completely fully satisfied with what's happening today? Or are we thirsting and hungering right. for more? Right. So hopefully mm-hmm. the latter. Mm-hmm. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you all who speak well of you, like that pride and, and that, go. like That's filling right. your head with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So it really brings us back to his beautiful virtues of, of the temperament and um, the core of Jesus' teaching. So worth the meditation, go to the Catechism, paragraph 17, 19 onward, and just take a deeper dive into that. So I, I totally think it's beautiful. beautiful, Dina, because, I mean, there's all forms of suffering, Yeah. right? But yes. this yes. at least gives the suffering meaning, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you were so right. You're right. so right. When we come back, we're going to hear from Peter Finney um, at the Clarion Herald. And in between that, we're here about our Saint of the Day, John Chrysostom. Chrysostom. We'll be right back (laughs) in just a minute. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 13th. Today, we celebrate St. John Chrysostom. Born in Antioch, John Chrysostom was ordained at 21 and distinguished himself as an outstanding preacher and a devoted servant of the poor. Moving to the great city of Constantinople, he was made a bishop where he began his service under the cloud of politics. The Bishop of Alexandria wanted his own candidate in charge of Constantinople, and, fearing John's power, took steps to discredit the new bishop. Often aloof, outspoken, and zealous, John Chrysostom took few steps to help his own cause. His sermons, sometimes lasting up to two hours, often stung the high and mighty. He consistently called for concrete steps to share wealth with the poor. The empress took offense at his denunciations of the court, and along with Alexandria's bishop sought his banishment. Charges were leveled against John, including that of treason for a sermon that linked the empress with the lurid Jezebel. After several years in exile, St. John Chrysostom died in the year 407. His final words were, Glory to God for all things. A doctor of the church, he is also the patron saint of preachers. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Eighteen past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Dina Dow. <laughs> that would be me. I had to pause because I had to look over and say, that's not Damien. So. <laughs> oh, no, I am totally not Damien. <laughs> and Gabby Smith. All right, and right now we have Peter Finney. Wow, Gabby, I'm catching your disease too. Peter Finney is joining us. He's the editor-in-chief with the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm probably needing another cup of coffee, Peter, but other than that, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's the latest going on in the Clarion Herald today? Well, uh, we covered the, the, the priest's convocation. This was the, really the first time locally the priests have been able to get together 
since 2019. Yeah. Of course, we had the pandemic, and then uh, in the interim, there was a state convention of priests, which uh, was held last year. Yes. But uh, there were 187 priests uh, okay. gathered uh, for three days, and it's really it's a wonderful time for fellowship and for prayer and for study. Uh, they had uh, different workshops on uh, how, how to how to pa- for parish renewal. And yeah. they had some speakers talking about evangelization and discipleship, uh, including this one deacon who was just uh, incredible, uh, a deacon from, permanent deacon from Chicago, who uh, talked a little bit about his life. He, uh, deacon uh, Keith Strom talked about how he, was, he had a conversion experience in college, and it really it changed his entire life and, and got him on the road to perhaps thinking about a vocation. And uh, he shares... Uh, his thoughts about parish renewal all over the country and really uh, internationally. So uh, over those three days, they, they got a lot of great information from from him and, and kind of put the spirit at work uh, in parishes. And yeah. uh, you know, he and he he also said he knows that the archdiocese is going through a very difficult time. Obviously, the last three and a half years, right. uh, we've been uh, in mm-hmm. financial reorganization and all the hurricanes and insurance damages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. He could sense that, and he said, "Listen, uh, we, we have to, you know, get back to the basics and and rely on the Holy Spirit to take us through this." And, yes. Uh, so it was a it was a really good a really good time for the priest. Did they did they discuss the Eucharistic revival, the Eucharistic renewal, any adult in that time? Uh, they, they did, and in mm-hmm. fact, uh, New Orleans is going to be one of the stops for the the, uh, the route of the uh, of the uh, of the monstrance uh, right. ne- next next year. And it's going to be sometime at the end of June of 2024. Uh, we don't know the exact date, but it's going to be in June sometime, so that will be coming to New Orleans, and uh, people are really excited about that. And and the, is is it a couple of processions across the country? Isn't that right? Or is it just one? I, there are, there, I think there's like several routes. There might be, there might even be four. Uh, okay. I'm not exactly sure. I know there's more than one. Yeah. One is the southern route, and it's coming through New Orleans in June. I do know that. Okay. They haven't okay. set the specific dates uh, yet, uh, you know, they have the they have the idea for cities, but not the dates yet. I'm just most curious to see how they do that. Simply where it begins, where it terminates, and then what do they right? What do they do? I mean, is it all? I'm I'm just curious the transportation of it all and such. I'm, I can't yeah, wait to see I, it. I, in that's action. a good question. I know I that's know we're going to have a, a a beautiful one that's going to be coming from Baton Rouge down to New Orleans on barge. Have you heard about that oh, wow. one yet? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh, oh, okay, well, I got a, I got a news report for you then. I'll, I'll get to the information, but it, it is going to be funny. You know, you know how they do the fed do 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 dead. Yes, fed do do Yes, that thing. Yes, <laughs> and they do that. Well, this is going to be it's going to be that on steroids, Peter. It's it's coming down the wow. Mississippi River rather than. Uh, Rather than up mm-hmm, by Utesh, mm-hmm. so and I hope is it that leads. called a Michael Champagne. Oh, yeah. You know it is. <laughs> yes, you know yeah. it is. <laughs> Who would know? Sweet man. <laughs> All right, and so now you've got an update uh, from the Archbishop to the priests. Yes, and of course, it's a very you know it's been a very difficult time, especially yes. for uh, the victims of sex abuse. That, that uh, basically uh, these are all mm. all past abuse cases that have come to light and. Uh, it, it's a very difficult, difficult time for the survivors and also for the archdiocese. Right. Uh, the archbishop did give some positive uh, news. He said that it looks like things are, mo- are moving toward perhaps uh, a resolution. It's been three and a half years uh, mm-hmm. since the financial reorganization began. Uh, and the idea is 
in terms of the, the, the survivors, if, to be able to make them, uh, to, to, to compensate them in some way, and of course this does not you know, do anything for, for the abuse that they have suffered, but to make sure that everyone who has, a, who has a claim is taken care of fairly, but then also to allow the Archdiocese to continue its ministry uh, to, to the community, which has been, you know, obviously uh, a vital. So that's, that's kind of a, a dual purpose uh, of this reorganization. Okay. And uh, so it, it, the Archbishop said that there is, uh, there is some movement. Uh, there's going to be uh, some more talks, I think, in October, and it looks like uh, things are moving in the right direction in terms of, you know, completing the process. So, right. And so this, uh, was a, this was a letter that went out to uh, all the uh, parishes? <laughs> That's correct. Okay. Uh, he, uh, the letter was read at masses uh, this weekend. Okay. And it's his column in the Clarion Herald. Yes. Oh, and so you have it in the Clarion Herald? Okay, great. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Yes. And it's, up, it's up online right now on clarionherald.org. Very good, very good. Okay. And then you were talking well, about... Well, and, and we also ahead. posted the letter on our comment section, so you can take a look at that and okay. read what the Okay, we've got a link to, to it. Okay, great, great. Yes. Great. Okay. And then, uh, and then uh, the next issue coming out, you're going to be talking about the... It's information on the Catholic high schools. It's a whole section on the Catholic high schools, right? Yeah, we, we do it every year, David. Okay. There's 23 Catholic high schools in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and each has, you know, different attributes. About, and so when parents are, are thinking, you know, where is my son or daughter, you know, going to go to school, uh, this is a really great resource for people to look at because you, you, at one glance you have all 23 schools in there, yeah. and they give a description of what they offer. And also there, uh, we do have a... Uh, a tuition chart, so that oh, you know, obviously wow. that's important, <laughs> and so it, it, it gives the tuition for this current year. Uh, of course, it'll change a little bit next year, but at least gives parents an idea of what uh, you know, what the costs are, and uh, it, it, it helps you plan. But it, it's a really good resource because it, it, each school has a little slightly different uh, programs and things they offer. Right. But they all they talk about. You know, it's not just academics. Obviously, it's it's forming uh, you know the students, adolescents in the faith. Yes, and uh, they all do a fantastic job of that. So it's a great and that section also the, that complete section, twenty pages, mm-hmm. is up online right now. Any any parents uh, with uh, say seventh graders this year that want to look into it uh, can, can can look at it right now online. That's, that's incredible. Is this due uh, putting the tuition in there? I mean that's that's no, a wonderful actually, feature. Uh, we, that, we, we had we've had it for about twenty five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. We had resistance at the beginning. Wow. But, but, okay. it, was, but it was it's it's so handy. Yeah. For, uh, for, for parents to have, and it gives them an idea, you know. So uh, you know, and also there is you know there's scholarship money available at at different parishes. I mean different uh, schools. You have to kind of ask the school about that. Right. Uh, each has a little different feel, but uh, mm-hmm. you know it gives you at least a starting point to look. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. And that that is in this coming up issue is this high school section, that's, correct? That's correct. Okay. It's good. In this issue. That's good. correct. And then and then we'll move on to uh, Gabby's favorite part, uh, the kid clarions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're just so creative, the kids in the archdiocese. You know, they yeah. do such great work, and that section puts a smile on my face. Yeah. 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 So well, no, Gabby, it really, it, it's, there's so many great things going on in element, especially this is for elementary schools, and so. Uh, we, we have a little focus. Uh, Beth Donzi did a piece on St. Angelo Marisi has a kindness rocks garden where these little oh, polished rocks are painted by different individuals and students and also yeah. uh, volunteers with little sayings uh, like forgive, storms don't last forever, or, or the oh. Lord is my rock. And they put these rocks in this specific, specific, uh, excuse me, specific place <laughs> near the school, and people are encouraged actually to go by and pick up 
a rock and take it if one really oh, touches man. you oh. uh, and take it home and then also they, they encourage people to to paint their own rocks and bring it to the garden and and place it there for someone else to take so uh, it's a really fantastic idea that they're doing, and it, it really it gets the students involved, it gets the parish involved, and that's uh, you know it was a wonderful thing. Lynn Lynn Playson started this about four or five years ago, wow. and uh, has been a real hit. I'm uh... and and. At St. Pius the Tenth, also the beginning of school year, they, uh-huh. uh, Father Jonathan he melt blessed the backpacks of the kids. Oh, there you the go. Weekend mass. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. So. I was watching the I was watching the video monitor when you were talking about the rocks, and I think Gabby was crying there. So I mean, uh, (laughs) no, because my son is currently painting rocks to put in the garden, and he just lights up talking about his rocks. And you guys, I just love I just love seeing that. So um, I know the feel of a parent seeing your child light up with an art project or get excited about something at school. Uh It's a good feeling. Yeah. And, and, and so, if, if I got this right, uh, other folks can paint rocks and put them in the garden as well? That's right. Wow. And, and uh, I think check with the school, but I mean, I think, they, no, yeah. they said they're, they're, the rocks are all of us kind of a certain size, and they're kind of polished. You can kind of see in the picture, oh, okay. uh, but they're, they're kind of round, flat-type rocks. But they're beautifully, they're beautifully painted with little small sayings and little flowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one message might just hit you or somebody could be sick at home and it really hits you and you bring that to a loved one and they have that, yeah. you know. And, uh, and then people put, mm-hmm. put rocks back. They yeah. put uh, oh, new rocks in. Yeah. So yeah. it's great. I guess they might object if I put a bunch of 690 AM uh, rocks in there. In the middle of the night, just right. put the yeah, 690 you know, rocks. Hey, I, we promote. It's what that's we a, do. It's a great way to evangelize, though. It's so it's such a great way to evangelize. Yeah, uh, Peter yeah. Finney, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And once again, if I wanted to get an issue, where what would I do? It's at every uh, Mass this weekend in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And right now, uh, it's up online at clarionherald.org. Very good. Peter Finney, once again, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll thank talk you, to you Dave. again really soon. Really appreciate it. All thank right. you. Great, great. All right, when we come back, Gabby's going to be talking to a dear friend, Dr. Tom Neal. And I love just saying the words Pensacola, Tallahassee. It just makes me think of the beach. Paradise. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. It's the 30 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Dina Dow. Thanks to all those who are tuning in this morning. Our next guest is Dr. Tom Neal. Dr. Neal is the Chief of Evangelization and Mission Engagement of the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. Good morning, Dr. Neal. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, good morning, Gabby. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, I always look forward to your segments, and especially today, we're going to continue on our story time with a very special person, Miss <laughs> Muriel Vassett. Can you kind of keep, remind us what we talked about before for those who maybe are listening sure. for the first time or maybe need that refresher? Sure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for allowing me to speak about this. So last month when I was on, I spoke about a woman uh, her name is Muriel, as you said, and uh, she was like a second mother to me growing up. She was just very mm-hmm. much part of our family life. It's a very beautiful woman. She, I, I mentioned she worked, she, she worked in a Catholic school as a teacher for many years, over 20 years. And because 
her husband made sufficient amount of money, she did not take salary and offered her salary as a scholarship for children who couldn't afford Catholic education. Just a remarkable human being that I could, you know, tell a thousand other stories. And I had shared particularly, um, you know, I was talking about just how important people are who mentor you in life, who shape you in life, especially in your early life, and, and, and you know, and just having a sense of gratitude throughout the rest of your life for those people. Um, but she had had gotten very ill in the middle 1980s, had a series of heart attacks, and got very sick, and was, was six months away from death. The doctors had, you know, kind of said to her that was her prognosis. And then she was miraculously cured, which I want to share today briefly, that story. But but what I shared last time was when I I had fallen away from the church for a number of years and came back when I was in college, like that deacon that Peter Finney mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. in a very dramatic experience that I had that I'm forever grateful for. And when I went to share that with her, um, maybe five months later, uh, and told her I'd come back to the church, she, she was overjoyed, and she had shared with me that when she got when she had her first heart attack she had offered her suffering particularly for the, my return to the church hmm. and wow. had kept that to herself and then when i shared that with her she shared it so i was i was talking about just what an act of love that was and how powerful it was for me as a witness uh to what not only redemptive suffering means but what love for someone else means that's that, that's so specific and uh so, uh, so I wanted to share it with you today, Muriel. Um, she died in 1991, uh, but the story of her healing and then eventually her death. So this was right before the time of my coming to the faith, coming back to the faith, in, which was in February of 1987, when I had a really life-changing conversion experience. Um, just before that had happened, and she had been ill at that point for over a year from the uh, heart attack she had had, and as I said, had a prognosis of about six months. She would have died in June of uh, 1987 by that. And in January, through a series of connections I won't mention, she found out, uh, she and her husband found out about this priest. She lived in Providence, Rhode Island. There's a priest they found out about that was in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, an older priest who had the gift of healing. That's what they had heard. So her husband immediately, when he found this out, brought her, carried her, put her in the car, brought her to the rectory of this priest after he made an appointment, carried her mm. into the house because she couldn't walk, mm. uh, and laid her on the couch in his rectory, and the priest came over. He was probably, I think, 71, 72 years old at the time. Um, and he went over to, to, to them, and, and, and he said to Muriel, he said, uh, he had a very kind of raspy voice, he said, Muriel, he says, what do you want Jesus to do for you today? <laughs> and she and her husband recounted this story for me later, and, and she said, I just want to be well enough so my husband doesn't have to do the laundry for me. Because she said she, the, the greatest sign of, of frustration for her and her weakness is she couldn't do the things for her husband particularly that she always loved to do. So Father Babbitt says to her, he says, Muriel, he says, Jesus doesn't go halfway. Either you want to be healed or don't you? <laughs> That's like remarkable that. confidence, by the way. So she says, and then her husband speaks for her. His name is Dan. He says, she wants to be healed. Mm. <laughs> so he prays over her and asks the Holy Spirit to heal her. And then he breathes on her like Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on the disciples in the upper room. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit, Muriel. 
all your life you've given and given and given. Now the Lord wants you to receive, receive. And then he left the room with Dan. They went in the other room and sat and talked and left her in that room. He said, let's let the Holy Spirit do his work. About 30 minutes later, Dan says they're sitting in the other room talking, and Muriel walks into the room. Oh, wow. (laughs) And Dan said it was like seeing a ghost. I had not seen her walk in over six months. Wow. She walked in the room, and she says, Dan, let's go home. I'm going to do the laundry. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Wow. I'm going to do the laundry. So she went back, and and, uh, Father Babbitt said to her, you know what? God works with with, with uh, medicine, so I want you to go to your doctor, I want you to follow his orders, but within one year, you will be off of every medication. Uh, you, your heart will be completely uh, healed, and sure enough, within a year, she had no signs of scar tissue, no signs of damage left. She wow. was fully restored. Mm. That is a <laughs> yeah. remarkable story. Yes. yes. Wow. And so she shared that with me, and you can imagine, right after my conversion experience, coming to her and hearing this story. After after <laughs> so your conversion. Was, my goodness. After my conversion, yeah. where I could receive it in a way I couldn't have before. Wow. Uh, it was, it was life-changing. She spent the next years, from that 1987 up until 1991 when she died, traveling the country, sharing that story oh, as wow. a witness of God's power uh, everywhere she went. And then last part of it is, in, in 1991, she went for a routine blood work in Miami, got a staph infection, and then died on Good Friday uh, oh, uh, in course. 1991. Oh, of course. It's appropriate. Of course. Yes. yes. Yeah. Of course. Wow. That was her life. So, so it's a, it's just, I guess just sharing that story as an act of gratitude to this woman and, and as a testimony to how important uh, being a mentor in other people's lives, mm-hmm. especially young people, is mm-hmm. just to always remember that. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Neal, you have a theme of hope here because you talk about how this one woman just completely transformed your faith life and your life really as a whole picture. Um, Those who are listening that are kind of wobbly in their faith, they're really doubting right now. They're struggling. Any words of advice or encouragement that you can give to them right now as far as maybe seeking a relationship with Jesus or those who really want to know more about the faith? Absolutely. Well, I, I think, for, for like, like myself, I, 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 when I was away from the faith for years, I think where it begins, my own conversion experience, the, the, the night I had that experience, came when a, a, a Protestant uh, friend of mine in college uh, asked me if I would pray with him. And those were the, the, most, the five most dangerous words you can say to anyone is, are, are can I pray with you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can I pray with you? Uh, I like that. Uh, so, so those words are powerful. So, so I would say this. Yeah. If someone's struggling in their faith every single day to ask God sincerely and with, with everything you have in you in terms of sincerity, say, say to God, God, if you are real, show me yourself. Reveal yourself mm-hmm. to me. Let me know you're real. Um, I, I'm open to it. I don't see it. Lord, I just ask you. Um, and then be willing to reach out to someone, a person of faith, to help you kind of walk the way, because mm-hmm. no one can do it alone. So I'd say, you know, those two things. Be willing to pray sincerely and ask, are you real? Show yourself to me, and then be willing to reach out to someone who's a person of faith to, to allow them to, to, to lead you along the way. And that prayer will yeah, be answered. It will be. It yeah. will be answered. It takes yeah. a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And hope. It's a lot of trust. Said. Yeah. It, yes. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Amazing. Um, Do I have one more minute or am I out of time? 
You have about 30 seconds, Dr. Neal. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to say is this. Your next guest is one of my personal heroes, Jordan's dad, by the way. Oh, yeah. it, you all are blessed. He, I'm serious. He is just, not only is he a gentleman and a wonderful father and husband and, and just been a great friend mm-hmm. to me, but he's a brilliant theologian, extremely humble man, but a brilliant yes. theologian. See, yeah. all there's, there's our brilliant. intro. There's, there's our intro. That's I like that. Intro. <laughs> Dr. Hot Dog. And I'm That's sure it. Jordan That's is listening. Dr. Tom Neal, thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Really appreciate the time. Dr. Jordan Haddad with Notre Dame Seminary and the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society joins us after the break. Welcome back. It's 48 after the hour, and I am super excited to introduce our next guest, Jordan Haddad, professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary and president of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. Here today with Catholic 101 segment, talking about the revelation of God through creation, which we also call natural revelation. And Dr. Haddad, I'm not quite sure if you just heard Dr. Tom Neal express <laughs> that you or he is your St. John the Baptist. So uh, welcome to, to Catholic Community Media this morning, Dr. Haddad. How are you? Doing great. Great to be here. And yes, I am blushing. Yeah. <laughs> Such a huge compliment. I mean, what a buildup. What a buildup. Build no pressure. I know. Yeah, okay. yeah so Dr. Hardot, it's great to talk with you. You know, happy that I saw you a couple of weeks ago at the Convocation for Catechists here in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. But yeah, you're talking about revelation of God through creation, so natural revelation. So tell us a little bit about what that is uh, talking with us, what the church teaches, and how that kind of impacts our life today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's great to be here with y'all. I'm excited to be continuing this, this segment uh, for Catholic Radio. Um, as we talked about previously, you know, God creates each and every one of us with a, with a desire for Him. We are those kinds of creatures that God has made specifically for a relationship with Himself. And we have a capacity for God. It's called the Kapok Day in the Catholic tradition. And we can kind of see this idea being teased out in someone like St. Augustine, who writes, you know, you have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. And in speaking about this natural desire for God, I mentioned that that itself is already the gift of God, because God is the author of our humanity and of our nature and of our desire, and because His grace heals and elevates that desire. And so what I want to do this morning is talk about the other side of this desire for God, which is the revelation of Himself that makes this this desire meaningful and fruitful. So the English word revelation comes from the Latin term revelare, which means to reveal or to show. And through God's revelation, He is removing the veil, as it were, that separates the creature from the Creator, us from Him, and He's beginning to give us access to who and what He is, so that we can not only come to know Him, but actually enter into our relationship with Him. And the really beautiful thing about this is that 
the revelation of God is also the beginning and the first step of the revelation of ourselves. Because we are creatures made in the image and likeness of God, and so it's only when we come to know who God is that we come to know who and what we are, what is the meaning of our lives, our purpose, and what gives us ultimate fulfillment. Um, So in Christianity, there are two ways of thinking about the revelation of God. It's common to think of it um, in two different ways. On the one side, you have natural revelation, which we're going to talk about this morning. And then on the other side, you have divine revelation. And so think here of salvation history and the Old Testament and the Incarnation, the Paschal Mystery. And natural revelation and divine revelation really do go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You know, as Catholics, I think we tend to put so much emphasis on divine revelation, um, which is great. But if ever it leads us to discount or neglect God's revelation of himself through creation, then we're, you know, we're losing something that's really significant and important. And if it's important enough for God to do it, it should be important enough for us to appreciate it mm-hmm. and to yes. be in tune with it. Right. Um, and so, since there's so much to say about both of these types of revelation, we're just going to focus on natural revelation. And what I want to focus on is the manner in which this occurs. Mm. God reveals himself to us through the created order itself. And so... The existence of the universe, the very existence of, of ourselves and of this universe in which we exist, raises the question, that fundamental question, why does it exist? Why does it exist rather than nothing at all? And upon this, or, or taking this line of reasoning further, we could say, well, this universe not only exists, but it exists in a particular kind of way. It exists with mm-hmm. order yeah. and lawfulness and yeah. beauty and goodness. And that gives us insight into what the Creator is like. Just like how a story or a work of art tells us about that artist or the author that created it. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the last way in which God reveals Himself to us through the natural order, the created order, is through this innate sense of the moral law within each of us, within Mm -hmm. that that spark of conscience that we have, of right and of wrong, which which is common to human experience across history, across culture, even though there's some discrepancies about what people think is actually right and wrong. Mm. Nonetheless, through our conscience, we have an awareness of a divine lawgiver, which leads us to perceive and raise the question of, 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 of who this lawgiver is, and it tells us something about who God is. Yeah. And so those are really the three primary ways as Catholics that, it, you know, it's sort of easy, ready-made ways of thinking about how God reveals himself to us through the created order and begins to establish this relationship Mm -hmm. with us, even before we think about, you know, salvation history and and, and Abraham and Moses and Noah and David and so on. Yeah. So basically, and very simply, you could step outside to a beautiful sunset or a range of mountains Mm -hmm. or the ocean and, and breathe it in. And know that that is a manifestation of a revelation of God in some way. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's that simple, yeah. right? Um, oftentimes when we think about natural revelation, if, if you're familiar with this term already and this topic already, our mind immediately will go to, oh, St. Thomas Aquinas's, yeah. you know, five proofs for the existence of God. I was hoping you'd and, go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> and those can be difficult arguments to follow because they're very philosophical, very mm-hmm. abstract. They're very true and helpful, but the but but they're not for everyone, right? Yeah. 
Right. And in fact, Scripture doesn't expect um, it doesn't expect us to be able to be philosophers in order to recognize the existence of God through creation. Scripture just points us to recognize the the the, the lawfulness of the world around us, its orderliness, its beauty, its design, and to be able to intuit in a very commonsensical sort of way the one that one exists who is responsible for this universe and for this this universe which is which is an expression of a divine mind and of a divine creator and of a divine lawgiver. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. I mean, and there's so much more. We could dive so deep into this, I, you, know, you it, know. It reminds me, my, my wife will do that. She yeah. is all about the nature, and yeah. that is deep prayer for her. But mm-hmm. also, too, when you get into St. Yeah. Thomas Aquinas's five ways, you know, motion, causality, contingency, mm-hmm. you know, perfection, design, you know, it's beautiful. So, Dr. Haddad, we, we're running out of time, you know, so we know we can find you at uh, nds.edu, but any closing thoughts, just real quick, like 10 seconds left. <laughs> Now, now we can find more about this. Yeah. <laughs> Ten seconds would be um, in order to more um, more powerfully or more um, uh, more authentically encounter the God who is our Creator. You know, of course, we should always begin at the you know at the footsteps of the sanctuary in the Eucharist, but also just being able to cultivate authentic human experiences. Yeah. that put us in touch with the world around us. So yeah. putting down our phones, spending time mm-hmm. with friends, yeah. entering into authentic yes. relationships, being outside in nature, all of those things actually can make us better Christians Beautiful. and make us better Amen. appreciators yeah. of, of the God who's not only our Redeemer, but also our Creator. Amen. Dr. Jordan awesome. Hadda, Professor yes. of Dogmatic Theology in Notre Dame Seminary, thank you so much. And just in time for our closing prayer, um, which is a, a little excerpt from the Eucharistic Revival Prayer. Okay. So okay. let's pray and close out this beautiful show. Lord Jesus, through the Paschal mystery of your death and resurrection, made present in every holy mass, pour out your healing love on your church and on our world. Grant that as we lift you up during this time of Eucharistic Revival, your Holy Spirit may draw all people to join us at this banquet of life. You live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit. God forever and ever. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.